0: You've tuned in to Columbia Calling, your first stop for everything you want to know about Colombia. How and where to invest, where to visit. From the Pacific to the Caribbean, the Andes Mountains to the Amazon jungle, Colombia has a slice of everything. Shooting from the hip, answering the questions that need answering, here's your host, the journalist and hotelier Richard McCall, shedding some light on the fashionable South American destination of Colombia.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Colombia Calling. I'm Emily Hart, and this week I'll be chatting to Nubia Rojas about journalism at war, how journalists fell victim to, but also took part in, Colombia's civil conflict. Nubia is a journalist and researcher who has worked on conflicts across the world, both as correspondent and as analyst, working for the United Nations, Doctors Without Borders, and Oxfam, as well as numerous Colombian outlets. Most recently, Nubia authored a chapter of the final report of Colombia's Truth Commission, a historic publication which was the outcome of an unprecedented investigation into the causes and consequences of Colombia's internal armed conflict. The final report was the result of nearly four years of work and tens of thousands of interviews. Today, we'll be chatting about Nubia's chapter, digging into the historical and present relationship between journalism and Colombia's political elites, paramilitary PR, rebel elites, corporate takeovers and more. All that coming up, but first, your top news stories for this week. At least 10 armed groups in Colombia have agreed to participate in unilateral ceasefires in pursuit of peace negotiations, including FARC dissidents and the Clan del Golfo criminal group, the government has announced. Illegal armed groups in Colombia count around 6,000 militants in their combined ranks. A delegation from guerrilla group the National Liberation Army, known as the ELN, has travelled to Venezuela for a new phase in peace talks with the Colombian government, The talks will include representatives from Cuba, Norway and Venezuela. The Colombian president announced last month that the government would suspend arrest warrants and extradition requests for members of the group in a bid to resume talks. The top commander of the ELN, Eliezer Erlinto Chamorro, alias Antonio Garcia, said this week that any process must seek profound change seeking to make Colombian society more equitable with real and participative democracy and respect for human rights, rather than simply seeking political power for a few commanders. Controversy this week as Veronica Alcocer, Colombia's First Lady, was appointed Special Mission Ambassador to the United States, Japan and the United Kingdom, making trips in the last month to attend events such as the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II, The role comes with substantial per diem expenses of 63 million pesos. Expenses for the furnishing of the presidential and vice-presidential residences have also caused controversy this week. Contracts made public show expenditure on objects well over market prices, as well as luxury and imported furniture, appliances and household items. This is especially problematic for the Pacto Histórico, who have made harsh criticisms of this sort of spending by past governments. Land invasions continue and have raised the shadow of paramilitarism in rural Colombia, as cattle ranchers have started to discuss so-called solidarity reaction brigades to defend their land from invasions, some of which, according to leaked WhatsApp group chats, take the form of armed self-defence groups. In view of land invasions in several parts of the countries, these response groups were promoted by the president of Livestock Union, FEDEGAN, José Félix Laufaurier, to provide legal advice and react to the events. However, according to revealed WhatsApp messages, there are also intentions to respond with weapons in groups that are administered by FEDEGAN, a group who have historically been repeatedly accused of close links with paramilitaries during Colombia's civil conflict. Two criminal gangs, the Xotas and Espartanos, have sealed a local peace pact in the Pacific port town of Buenaventura. Their turf war and regular clashes have been responsible for an extreme wave of violence over the last two years, which has affected the life of the entire city. A pilot programme that includes a ceasefire brokered by the Catholic Church began on Sunday with a football match. Colombia's central bank has raised interest rates from 9 to 10%. Inflation is now at over 10% and risk rating agency Fitch has forecast that the country's economy will not grow more than 3% next year. In the days following the announcement for the second time in history, the dollar rose to above 4,600 pesos, hitting a rate only 17 pesos below its record high, which it reached in mid-July of this year. Meanwhile, unemployment dropped to 10.6% in August, down from 11% in July and having been at nearly 13% in August of last year. This is being taken as a sign of economic recovery from the pandemic. However, a gender gap persists. The unemployment rate for women is at 13.3% and for men at 8.7%. Colombian Senator Alirio Barrera arrived on Tuesday to Congress riding a horse. After the president of the Senate declared the area pet friendly. Barrera, a representative of right wing opposition party, Centro Democratico, entered Congress on horseback, claiming the horse was his pet. He claims it was an act to vindicate the importance of the countryside, of rural ways of life, and of the horse in rural economies and transport. Those were your top stories. More next week. So hello, Nubia, and welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? Hello, Emily. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's great to have you on. Um, I've been, again, reading your amazing Truth Commission chapter. And I would love to just dive right in, because there's an amazing introduction on the historical context of the report about journalism kind of throughout the 20th century. And it's an amazing lens on the 20th century in Colombia, as well as in the war. So I'd love it if you could just give us a bit of a canter through, you know, the 20th century begins. Where is Colombian media? What's the situation?
2: I think it's very important to, to have in mind that the link between politics and journalism uh, since the beginning uh, has determined the way in which journalists have been working in Colombia. Um, since the beginning that uh, links between politics and journalists um, uh, made that to be so close to the power uh, made uh, journalists think that they were also part of the power. And that's a very big problem because the the main uh, uh, objective of journalism is not to be with the powerful people, with the power, but to be a counter power, actually trend to to privilege the official source um, comes from the very very beginning it, 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 that's not a shift actually the journalism has been so close to the power that they not, they think that they are part of, of the power but that they are serving the power too and the, in, in a country when where you have a very uh, difficult conflict a war, with so many casualties, with so many victims, with so many problems, with so many actors <clears throat> playing a role, uh, to be so close to the power um, doesn't give the, the people the don't give the people the, the, the opportunity to really understand what's going on.
1: Right, that's something I found really really interesting about about the report is um, your relation of how the enormously dangerous situation forced media to rely on, for example, the military Mm -hmm. to do their logistics, to give them information, to take them to parts of the country and the ways that that affected neutrality.
2: Yes, but it's also uh, the owners, the media owners, uh, were also playing a very big role. And uh, unfortunately, they are the very big... uh, they are the, the the absence in the discussion about what do we have to do to change uh, the journalism in Colombia in order to make it more um, uh, more, more more useful for to people in, in order to to understand that, the, the conflict uh, because all the people of course um, had their own uh, ideas uh, political ideas and they trace the the, the way to the journalists and um, yes in the in the middle there is a lot of information what is missing and um, many many people who is not understanding and many many people who is only thinking what the media uh, says or uh, following the the line from the from the media so, it's very very complex uh, it's very difficult uh, that's why the document is very <laughs> large um in uh, but but it's uh, yeah and in the middle of all that the 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 political polar- polarization it's uh, it's uh, it's it's very very big people is only in, in the in in favor of one or or, or other position, but they are not, they are missing the other part.
1: Right. So the the first half of the 20th century feels very split along this liberal and conservative divide. Mm-hmm. So then what happens when those two groups join together after La Violencia from the Frente Nacional? How did the media change during the period of, of Pinilla, Frente Nacional, and also the rise of the FARC? How did the media deal with that?
2: I will say that they actually uh continue to to, to see the the polarize, polarized reality. Uh, in the Frente Nacional, for example, the liberals and conservatives uh they were just uh changing the, the periods every every four years, but um I think that they were together in the idea that uh there was an enemy against the state. So I will say that journalists uh, buy that idea uh, about the, the enemy and they started to replicate that idea from the from all that powerful politicians, no matter if they were uh, conservatives or, or liberals. I, I think that that's the moment in which the, the concept of enemy uh against the state um starts um, consolidating not not only in the in the journalism but also in the political life and in the people of course
1: right because it this is the nineteen sixties um and as you write in the report this is the time when the US policy the you know what I think of as the red under the bed era of Internal enemy, national security, anti-communism rhetoric, and that did that did it seems reach a lot of countries, and Colombia being one of them.
2: Yes, and if you remember, if you maybe remember in the in the document, uh, um, I address a very important issue uh, aside the, the 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 notion of uh, the internal enemy which is the the idea of the of the national security uh, so everything you do uh, in the name of the national security is okay and uh, it, it, ha- it it was not questioned uh, because uh, it was supposed to be in your best interest in the in the public best interest uh, and that's what uh, what um, allowed uh, all that political power to 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 increase uh, human right, rights rights uh, violations and uh, the journalism uh, was uh, taking taking part um, by positioning themselves in with the power aside the power without questioning their practices so that's a very uh, important responsibility to to have in mind let's say that from the at, at the beginning before the Frente Nacional, they were um, as a part taking a part of the power because they were um, they, they, the they the journalism worked uh, in in big media by the uh, the the Berwick families, the political families, and after the Frente Nacional, they uh, continue to be with that political power, but. Um, also um, legitimating that uh, discourse.
1: Right. And there were cross-media accords to cover violence in certain ways or even not to cover uh, the rise of the FARC. Or um, there's a particularly interesting period during the rise of the paramilitaries Mm -hmm. in which the media take a very specific stance on those groups. Yes.
2: Yes, I I think that's a very... That, that it's a very big responsibility. Uh, and I will say, it, it's important not to talk about the whole media of the whole journalists. Um, it, that's not fair, uh, I think, um, because uh, many journalists uh, lost their lives actually for uh, defending the truth and um, opposing that uh, very bad practices. Uh, but some journalists, some media, uh, in some places, uh, defending some kind of power um, for their own interests, um, participating. And, and, and they have a very big responsibility in the increasing of the, of the conflict. Not the same responsibility, of course, that the, uh, the, armed, the armed groups, but of course, they have a very big responsibility.
1: It's such an interesting side effect, I think, of journalism having been in many countries, my own included, a very middle-class activity, uh, off, often being, you know, as I'm sure you can hear from my voice, also being, you know, of privilege. Mm-hmm. If there are elites protecting their own interests, often journalists become complicit in that because the interests of the elite are their own interests. Yes. Um and throughout the 20th century, we've had editors of major newspapers in Colombia being literal blood relations of the president, right? Um, all presidents who were journalists. And that um,
2: Yes, and, that, and that's a very calculated uh, practice, I think, because if you have the political power and at the same time you are the owner of the big newspapers, of course you have the best way to... To broadcast your ideas and to 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 make the people know what you need them to think or to know, you know, it's it's a very calculated um, uh, effect. And then, right uh, when, when the when the big economic uh, economic groups are the new owners of uh, that's that's not the same, but um, it has the same the, the same consequence. They need people to buy, uh, but not, not only to buy products, but to buy uh, their um, links with the power. So it's it's a it's a sort of um, many powers uh, working together uh, to 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 get some results to make the people know. Uh, what they need them to,
1: to know. It's its very calculated, I think. Right. And I think not something, and I think it's important to point out, that is a tool specific to Colombia. This is absolutely a global phenomenon. I mean, in the country that I am from, our prime minister, uh-huh. former prime minister, thankfully now, although how you feel about Liz Ross <laughs> is a whole different thing. Uh, he was a columnist on The Times. His sister, has been a journalist for a number of years writes about him a lot is now host of her own show on one of those dog shit right wing radio shows and his sister was for a very long time and may still be the tennis doubles partner of the editor of the times you know we are not talking about this as a colombian phenomenon it's it's a i I want to say it's a global one from from other research I've done but certainly in my country and then in a in a conflict situation that's obviously a completely aggravated set of effects right yeah
2: that's what that was what i was about to say it's different of course is is important of course is not is not um uh Ball, but in a country with a very big conflict and with a, a polarized society and with very very big differences between poor people and rich people that's uh that's even more uh, important I, I, it has bigger consequences um, because there is a, a a manipulation, a bigger manipulation if you don't have uh, people uh, very well educated, if uh, the access to education or to uh, job positions or uh, to to the to the richness is is not equal for everyone. Um, of course you are taking profits from um from the poor people and you you need them to 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 defend your war if you if you see uh, who are the the, the the soldiers most of them are, are poor people poor boys and uh who are the owners of the big media who are uh, positioning their their uh, discourses the rich people so you can see that the the inequality it's 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 uh, evident all uh, also in in, in that uh, sort of things so it's it's very complex it's not uh, that easy to to say that only uh, they they only have economical interests, because, of course, behind that economic interest, they they have political interests.
1: Right. And the the phenomenon which you write about in the chapter, um, which I think is a really interesting moment for media, is Revista Alternativa, mm-hmm. um, which is a, a kind of moment of rebellion against this nationalist uh, internal enemy discourse. Um, and it was... Gabriel Garcia Marquez, um, who was involved in it, uh-huh. um, which I think not many people know, actually, or not enough people know, that he was quite a serious journalist as well as being a great novelist. Um, but it also had quite a lot of the media's elite involved in it, though it was an anti-establishment magazine. Um, and how long did they last? It didn't, it didn't seem like it was, you know, as much as it was a hopeful project, it wasn't an enormously successful one in that difficult climate.
2: It was not not uh, very. I, I, I have something to say about Gabo. That actually, Garcia Marquez uh, was first a journalist <laughs> than a a writer. Actually, exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's something that not so many people uh, know about about him. And Alternativa uh, is a very very um, special experience in the Colombian journalists. Uh, But uh, the the paradoxical thing is that, um, in a way, Alternativa was also a part of the uh, elite, a rebel elite, because uh, if you remember one of the members of the board in in Alternativa, the director actually was Enrique Santos Calderón, which uh, is a member of the Santos family um, brother of uh, Juan Manuel Santos, our uh,
1: total insider, <laughs> total insider.
2: <laughs> yes, uh, but he's a rival. I mean, and, and a very good journalist. And uh, mm, they mm-hmm. they were very um, uh, very courage people because they uh, and and Antonio Caballero too. Anto- Antonio Caballero, um, yeah. yeah, Garcia Marquez, and many journalists in in Alternativa. Uh, they were themselves a part of of. Uh, important families intellectual families but uh, a sort of rebel family uh, the rebel uh, uh, members of of that families and um mm. they tried to 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 make something different which has uh, uh, which was very very successful but um not for a long time because um uh, that um that ideas about the, the internal enemy and the extreme right uh, ideas and the, the to be so close to the United States was so uh, uh, well built that uh, it was very, very difficult to fight uh, against us. And uh, that journalists were also uh, prosecuted. Um, uh, yes, they, they were victims of uh, 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 um, listenings and uh um many hostility against uh, them but that was yeah. very important but they were not perfect uh, we have to say they were not perfect they um uh, mm. Santos for example recognized and en- Enrique Santos recognized that they were not uh, always uh, so um uh th- they were not listening always the other side that they were also trying right. to impose their own ideas so that's interesting
1: yeah there's a great um anthology of alterna- of alternativa coverage mm-hmm. which i really recommend to anyone um listening because it's a really interesting insight into what this <laughs> magazine was doing um and i kind of love the idea of a rebel elite and all of the tensions that that yes that that embodies but at the same time uh in many ways they were the only people for whom that would have been safe um you know, the elite are sometimes in a situation that dangerous, the people who can rebel without serious threat to their lives. I mean, nobody was going to bump off. Well, there were two bomb two bomb attempts against mm-hmm. their home yes. shortly before they had to close down. Um, but I think another thing that's interesting about this report is how it highlights, you know, one journalist is not all journalists. Some people were in such different situations of security yes. to others, and journalists throughout this conflict in, let's say, Bogota, who came under attack, had a very different experience to local journalists who did.
2: Yes, and of course, for that local journalists is very difficult uh, to to make the 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 job that they do because um, because they don't belong to any elite, even local elites, for example, because the local elites, maybe they are the the owners of of the local media, but they have another interest. They are not uh, necessarily covering conflict or covering peace issues. They are making something different.
1: So I think an interesting period to look at as a kind of acute representation of the internal enemy and actually a, a kind of belated grabbing onto the national security narrative is the Uribe period.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, and his government produced a manual. Uh, your yes. chapter for the Truth Commission talks about a manual that they more or less imposed on journalists in terms of covering the war. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Because uh, the extreme power... Uh, Always tries to to have power over the journalism, of course. And if they are, if you are not the owner of the media, but you are the president, of course you you need to 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 improve the way in which you you have your influence, especially if you are being questioned. Which, uh, yeah, which happen, which happened with that that happened with uh, Rebe.
1: Right. and I, I think there's something interesting in the different ways uh, that the mainstream media in Colombia covered the guerrilla versus the paramilitaries.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, because you write that in some ways the, the coverage of the paramilitaries in Colombia was one of the great failures of the media, mm-hmm. uh, that responsibilities were not met. What did you mean by that? I
2: think that in part uh, the military um, violence was not very well covered because uh, some media some owners and some journalists ha- uh, had sympathy and of course if you are if you are sympathetical with them you are not going to question them of course but um, in, in, in the other hand uh, for many many years for many many decades the very big internal enemy was the guerrilla so the journalist journalism uh, was more um ready to criticize the guerrilla actions instead of the paramilitary actions because because they that there was a um, a sura- surrounding idea that they were the bad boys and the paramilitaries. They they were the good boys, you know, because they are uh, helping the army to fight against guerrillas and they are uh, trying to to keep that um, the status quo. And you no, know? of course, I am simplifying yeah. very much, but uh, that's the, the 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 reason I think. But I, I have to say that. Uh, uh, there were also journalists um, trying to, to, to reveal the, the, the human rights violations from the paramilitars of course.
1: Right. Um, and then in terms of the kind of personalization of the paramilitary leaders, um, one of my favorite passages in your chapter is, is the relation of these one-on-one, cara-a-cara uh-huh. interviews with Carlos Castaño, who, you know, to my mind is one of the great bad guys mm-hmm. uh, of the Colombian conflict, you know, having been an associate of Pablo Escobar. He was then the leader of the Autodefensas Unidas de Colombia. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was asked about his childhood on national television and allowed to sort of be a human being in in civil clothing.
2: Yes, and Castaño has a very, had a very good um uh, I, I, he, he was very um, he had the ability to connect the big uh, um, issues uh, in Colombia with uh, it's, his, his own discourse. I mean people in Colombia is very uh, likes like very much the, the discourse about God, the family, the, um, uh, the sons the you know the, 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 that uh, discourse about the family and God. And Castaño had a very good idea, he he was very um, clever to to connect his discourse with that kind of issues. And um, that interview, uh, interviews with with Carlos Castaño, because uh, there were two, uh, with two different journalists, um, were in a moment in which the, the people was tired and angry, Because the um, uh, peace process with the with the FARC uh, was not um, going anywhere, so everything was made to 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 help people uh, to to help Castaño to get the 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 sympathy from the people. It it was very it was very calculated in some in some in in a part. But also because the the um, the guerrilla was not in, in in that moment the guerrilla was not a source for the journalists. So there was a very very big difference between the visibility from of Castaño and the autodefensas and the visibility of the FARC.
1: That's so interesting. I mean, the the importance of of PR and marketing effectively, uh-huh. even in war, um, is so highlighted in this particular context. So why, you know, to put it simply, why did the paramilitaries do so much better at public relations than the FARC? Were they just better at it or did they have better access or? Because
2: they are closer to the power than guerrillas. Mm, And because they have the, in their discourse, they have many, many similarities with the, with the, uh, power the political power discourse in Colombia so mm. of course they, they they had a very good opportunity they, they had the links with the, with the politicians in the local regional and national um, spheres and um, their their actions were
1: legitimized
2: by the media which were also closed to that power so everything was made.
1: Right, and this is during a period where Uribe is exercising quite effective media control in the sense of military wins are on the front pages, Yes, and massacres are, are somewhere hidden in the middle.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. Um, and a really interesting detail you noted was about um, photos of tragedies being put in black and white rather than color.: Yes, so that they would draw the eye of the, of the reader less.
2: And if you remember, in the sixties, uh, uh, start the start some uh, some initiatives to to make journalism softer, uh, speaking about uh, the conflict, and for example, not mentioning the big names from the uh, the bandoleros leaders, or uh, um, not talking very uh, too much about the violence in some areas. Um, that, that that has been very interesting to 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 research and to understand because um, it has been a, a, a an alliance between the journalism and the political uh, power to 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 undercover the conflict. It's very. I don't know if uh, they are there are many 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 places in the world in which that kind of alliances take place. But it's very, it's very interesting.
1: It's fascinating. And I think uh, one of the great moments of transformation uh, that your report captures really brilliantly is is the move into conglomerates Uh from big families, liberal, conservative, pro-state, anti-state. We move into RCN, Caracol, and, and the kind of, entertainment as news phenomenon Mm -hmm. um, where journalists on these channels suddenly have to look a certain Uh way um, and they become very commercialized. So what what were the effects of that on war reporting?
2: In Colombia, the the economic uh, economic and the political power are very closed. Uh, In some cases uh, they are the same. (laughs) So uh, uh that change between the the ownership uh the media ownership from the big political families and the big uh, economic uh, groups um it's 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 important but um ideologically speaking has no no many difference um the thing is that in in a in a very long conflict such as the Colombian with so many actors um of course there there is many many people with many different interests also economic interests it it's not only a a a political conflict the colombian the colombian conflict is not only a political conflict it's also a economic conflict and that's why for example we have the the um, uh, uh, the third uh I don't know how to to explain this in 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 English, but uh, look, uh, which is say uh, that the the, the terceros responsables people who is not fighting, or people who is not um, going to the war, but who is uh, uh,
1: financing the war, you know? It's- yeah, I mean the direct translation is third parties. Um, yes, third party. But it, it's not it's not quite right. I'm not sure there is a perfect translation. But the 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 people who are sort of the economic. Motor and the economic winners of the war.
2: Yes, but also we have to say that not every uh, uh, econom- not not every enterprise, or not every economic group in Colombia has been uh, participating or responsible. Right. That's I, I emphasize very much in that kind of, of of things to not to speak about the journalism or the journalists or the politicians or the economical power um in general because that's that because that's not fair
1: mm, mm massively um so the the quality of news or the the presentation of news slightly changes form mm-hmm. um during this explosion of television news
2: yes uh, uh that's what i called uh, the uh vedette journalist. journalists uh, mm mm-hmm. In that moment, uh, b- uh, began the the, t- the trend to 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 make the journalists to, to the journalists became the figures, the stars, not the news, and that's uh, that that's uh, uh, that's consequence of the the, the economical power because um, in the media. Um, before you had very big names in journalism journalists who were um, very well w- which have very good reputation because they were very good researchers or very good journalists without considering the, if they were beauty or uh, no but suddenly the, the journalists especially the women journalists become became the, the, the stars no and the, like models or the uh, the, the anchors and it's it's very and the, 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 that, that um superficiality in the news uh decreasing the quality decreasing the importance of some issues including the the conflict uh also be, uh, because they had the idea or, or they have they the, some of them they uh, are still having the idea that uh, the conflict is very hard and people need to to speak about another different things and let's talk about um, the legs from blah 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 or the be- the beautiful face from blah blah blah. The you know it's and the, the, the quality has been decreasing very much.
1: Right. The the focus on entertaining people or pacifying them. You know, in England we have a, a real penchant for animal stories. <laughs> the news will have like the horrors of the world and then 10 minutes on a squirrel that has learned to water ski uh. and that's a kind of equivalent that we also have this problem of the aestheticization of female journalists yes. um and the need for the person telling you about a massacre in santander for some reason needing to have cleavage and a full face of makeup mm-hmm. um which is a really uh, extraordinary culture shift I think that comes with television.
2: Yes, and, and, and it's it's also another kind of power. If you think about it, it's a, it's another kind of power. Who is who, who has more power in the media? Uh, uh, who has the most beautiful um, uh, anchor or the most beautiful model um, telling the 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 news? It's very yeah, and and also the the quality of the news has decreased, um, or, or, or ha- faces many many problems because of the low quality of the um, education uh, in the journalists. Um, in part, because uh, many students in the in the in the journalism colleges are, are aspiring to be models or, or to be anchors uh, with uh, long legs and beautiful faces instead of um, uh, people more conscient about uh, where do they live and where are they working and what what kind of journalism are they doing.
1: Right. And of course, the overwhelmingly white aesthetic. I think there's an important ethnic element here as well, is that this this elite of beauty in television is also white women. Yes, um, there is a real failure of representation that goes on both uh, regionally and ethnically in that television revolution, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and still,
2: yes, and and, and closing the the, the way the, the opportunity to new ways to make journalism. Um, I have I think that Colombia has very big and professional journalists and many many people who is doing um, a very good work and uh, very professionally and very worried about the reality, uh, very qualified, but um, it's a pity that they don't have more, more space to express themselves and to, to give very uh, good and bigger analysis uh, about the, the reality. And that's, that's especially critical in a in a country with with a conflict because uh, many important right. voices are not speaking loud, and we need
1: them. Yeah, I think another key moment that's that's outside of the scope of maybe the time frame of the report, but I'm sure that you have thoughts on is um, is Semana being sucked into this vortex yes. of um, conglomerate purchasing and the loss of platform that a lot of. You know, Colombia is full of amazing journalists, and so many of them lost a massive platform in that moment.
2: Yes, that's right. And for example, that that example that you that you say about Semana, Semana was the the most important magazine in Colombia. Uh, talking about political issues, they had a very uh, many important, many relevant journalists in Colombia. Uh, started their, their careers in Semana or come from Semana and now you 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 read, read Semana and you say okay that it, it's very difficult to to think that that was the most important magazine in Colombia political magazine in Colombia
1: it, it's extraordinary I mean the headlines have become clickbait mm-hmm. it's like here's something we saw on Instagram about a reggaetonero mm-hmm. which you know they would never have dreamt um of publishing before. Um but I suppose that is a kind of part of this new corporate culture where your outlet is just another business and it has to make money and the bottom line is it, you know, it comes alongside a soft drink company and a football team, for example, in the case mm-hmm. of RCN. Um
2: Yes, because you only need uh, people to to do clickbait, and uh, you are uh, getting money from that. And you only need the people to see the 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 um, yes, the, the 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 announcements, the publicity. The you you only you are only thinking about the money. You are not uh, caring right. about information, and that's. That's that's some uh, of the the very bad consequences of uh, um, converting media in, in economical in economic conglomerates.
1: This report is very even keeled. It it asks that journalists take responsibility for their mistakes and that the media industry really looks at how it functions to to propagate government narratives and perpetrate the conflict, as well as being victims of those conflict actors
2: yes these are two phases of the of the same coin and your responsibility mm-hmm. and how your uh, your own work uh, makes you um uh, 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 yes an an obje- an object, uh, objective from the for the 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 armed groups um Usually, journalists have, uh, have been uh, perceived as victims, not as responsibles. Um, and that's mm-hmm. why uh, I wanted to, to, um, to talk about the, the responsibility too. Um, first of all, every single armed group, every single responsible in the conflict has been a perpetrator for journalists, every everyone. Um, the army, I mean the the, the state, um, the paramilitaries, the guerrillas, and the, the narco of course. But the, the report uh, does not emphasize in the narcotraffic traffic be, because um, we 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 prior pr- prior the, the 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 armed conflict. I mean the the guerrilla paramilitars, and army. Um, the, the the perpetrators of course um, have uh, the common intention to to undercover the truth and uh, to to hide uh, their own interests of course and uh, in the middle of that uh, of that war uh, they um, the, the, the journalists became victims because they 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 were trying to 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 show the people what was happening and what what were the, the intentions the um, the objectives from that uh, armed uh, groups. The state has been especially um, responsible, and I emphasize in especially responsible because uh, the state is supposed to guarantee the human rights and the, the um, press freedom and the freedom of, of expression. So um, the state has a bigger responsibility, if you want, <laughs> to, to, to see that responsibility in that way. The um, um also tried to... to uh, and, and they killed many, many journalists... The, the the narco traffic in the night in the nineties, um, many uh, casualties, many different ways to 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 warn journalists about what to say to, to say what not to say, um, even the sources. Um, some journalists were were um, were. Became targets because, uh, for example, they were uh, speaking with guerrillas or the paramilitars, and a journalist ha- has to speak with everyone, no matter who. So it's it's very yeah. for for armed uh, groups uh, it, that has been very difficult to understand.
1: Mm. So you know, I, I don't want to talk about post-conflict era because obviously, so much of Colombia still lives under armed group occupation. But the the post-peace accords era in which, you know, journalism could be facing a new new stage. Did journalism in Colombia change after the accords were signed? Has there been a kind of shift away from this us-and-them, enemy-and-ally narrative?
2: In part, yes. In part, yes, because um, the peace and conflict, of course, are related, but covering peace and covering conflict is different. Uh, Violence is very um, visible. When you are covering um, a conflict, uh, you have uh, the victims and the facts uh, before your eyes. They are very evident to you. And that's why it's too easy to to talk about me- how many people is dead, how many people. I mean, not not mm. easy, not literally easy, but the violence is very eloquent. It's very visible, right? But yeah. when you are covering peace issues, you have to 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 find the stories. You have to go to people to to. to to, to find what's different, what has been changing, uh, what are the new dynamics, what are, which are the new actors, um, after the peace process, the journal, the Colombian journalists um, experienced a very uh, amazing uh, period. I I think I would say, um, but it's a pity that uh, that trend. Doesn't uh, continue because uh, because during the Duque government the peace, peace issues were relegated to to not to a second place to a third and fourth and the last place mm-hmm. possible. So right. the, the, because of uh, we were talking before about the links between the journalism and the power, and in that period the only media who who kept on uh, covering peace issues where the media, uh, which were um, independent enough to have their own uh, agenda and to keep mm-hmm. on talking about peace, no matter if, you, if, if Duque was interested or not. That's very
1: right. interesting. Mm. And do those outlets, the independent ones, do they have the same level of resource and access as the outlets that are close?
2: Um, for example, it, it's it's interesting the case of uh, El Espectador, which started mm-hmm. uh, being a, a very, I would not say officialist, because El Espectador has always uh, had always uh, a, a trend uh, to be independent, even being liberal uh, mm-hmm. from the beginning. But for example, the El Espectador has has made a very important. Um, uh, work covering the peace issues and covering the, the, the conflict. Um, and they have uh, a very big visibility. But something interesting interesting is that um, in recent years we have uh, we have seen some new independent, very very independent also in, in, in economical, economically speaking uh, econ- mm-hmm. uh, independent media, Talking about conflict and, and peace issues, for example, I I think I mentioned some some ones in in some of them in, mm. in the report boragine Liga contra el Silencio and many of them and um, and of course Cambio, Cambio which is the newest Cambio and and many interest uh, interesting um, experiences of independent independent journalists. So in one in one hand we have a very big economic conglomerates. Um, taking uh, more, uh, um, privileging the, the power. And then the other hand, we have uh, some interesting in, uh, independent media trying to, to privilege the, the interest of the public.
1: Mm. I want to, to wrap up by talking about a final actor. And I've never seen anyone write this clearly about this really key actor in this whole question, Uh, which is us, which is the reader. Uh Um, Because while the state has a responsibility to implement security and also human rights, and journalists have a responsibility to report independently, um, you write that the audience and the reader, and I'm going to translate this probably horribly because I'm looking at the Spanish here, (laughs) but um, the right to be well-informed implies a duty to demand quality information, not that which is morbid, You have to assume an active role, Mm -hmm. deliberate, and not of a simple, passive consumer. And I think that's genius, because I think that is our duty. And it's all very well to say, oh, the media, isn't it terrible? Yes. But we have to be active, conscious consumers um, of that media.
2: Colombia is a democracy with uh, many, many problems, but it is a democracy. And in a democracy and in a capitalist uh, uh, country like Colombia uh, the audience and the public and the people have the right and the possibility to choose and in the same way that you have the the possibility to choose what you buy in the supermarket you have the same possibility to, to choose what are you consuming in news what kind of news are you consuming? If you are a, a passive passive um, audience, um, if you are not critical about what what are you uh, looking at the news in the television, what are you listening in the radio, or what, what are you reading in the newspaper, they are not forcing you to read them or to listen to, or to watch. They are not forcing you. It's your decision and you, you also have the right to to say, I will no longer consume that shit. I will no longer read that newspaper. And maybe that's the way in in which the newspaper, and, and the the radio and the television has to change their, their or to qualify their content because people is not consuming it.
1: I think that's. A wonderful note to end on. Thank you so much, <laughs> Nubia, for joining us. Um, Thank you, Emily. Sorry, for Your I say amazing say work. Oh, sorry, again. I, I realized I said I said dog shit earlier as well without even thinking about it. So <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for putting up with our shit. And uh, see you next week. Thanks so much, Nubia. Thank you, Emily.
2: Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Ciao.
0: This episode was brought to you by Latin News, a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean. Since 1967, their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind-the-scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. And also, our other sponsor is BNB Colombia Tours, experts in custom-made travel throughout Colombia. The team at BNB Colombia Tours can provide you with fantastic private experiences creating wonderful memories of colombia for a lifetime check out the website at bnbcolombia.com complete the free itinerary form and tell them that colombia calling sent you to refi- receive a further five percent of their already great prices so that's bnbcolombia.com and of course latinnews.com thank you for everyone for listening that's us farewell and of course check back next week bye bye
2: I'm